Today it's all about the Internet of Things. You're in the right place, folks, because this is where the money is. I'm Allison Southwick and I'm joined today by Eric Bleeker, our resident Internet of Things expert. Good to be here. Don't know if you have any professional designations behind that. Like a yeah, I got a little CFA behind it, but you know. But there's no, nothing for the no. like, Internet of Things. I, there is nothing, so I'm just one humble person following it. Well, you are one humble person, and we are going to dig into all your mind grapes and figure right, out what's in your brain about the Internet of Things. Um, we're going to look at kind of the investing landscape, what's been going on with some of the bigger players. Um, because some of them has been, have been getting seriously hit yeah. lately. We're going to look into what is the next smartphone war, mm -hmm. and then we're going to talk, um, kind of look forward and see what's on the horizon. You're going to not only tell me your stock that you're going to watch mm -hmm. this earnings season, but you're sure. also going to tell me the coolest thing you've seen in the Internet of Things lately. Yeah, so I'm very excited about that. I'm really excited about that as well. So well, you will have to stay tuned to get that. <laughs> we're going to tease you with that. So first off, for anyone who somehow does not know what the Internet of Things is, can you define it for us in just a couple sentences? Yeah, and you know, I imagine people might be getting tired of the Internet of Things by now, but basically it's that we're going to kind of connect our lives. It's the idea that, um, you know, everything's going to move from a bit of guesswork in our lives, and we're going to be able to put kind of information behind that. So, you know, how I kind of compare it is you go online and think about, like, how reliable Facebook is. It's always on 99.999% of the time. And we're going to use sensors and a lot of technology to be able to connect all of our physical world. So if you're running a factory, we'll apply that same kind of, you know, basic information to make sure that's always running. With our own health, you know, we can have sensors that tell us whether or not we're optimally healthy right now. Right now, three quarters of the population has gone online to Google information about their health in the last year. What if instead of just doing guesswork, you just had things on your body that actually told you how healthy you were and you could send to your doctor? So there's just a couple of examples of it, but basically it's bringing kind of the intelligence we've seen on our computers out to the 99% of the world that's not connected. Connectivity, efficiency. All those All those things. exciting things. And some not so exciting things, but we'll talk about that as well. No, you're going to tell me about the exciting things. All right, so looking kind of generally at the stocks surrounding the Internet of Things, you've got stocks like... Um, chips, you're talking about big data companies, devices, connectivity, which we just talked about. And a lot of these companies have taken hits recently. Mm -hmm. um, for example, Arm Holdings, our chip company, down 26%. NXP Semiconductor, down 20% in the past week alone. Invensense is down 22 Splunk, they're, I guess, big, is big data, are they the kind of thinking like... Yeah, they're going to be data? on the data side. They're off 50%. 50% off 52 Calamp is off 50% as well. What's yeah. going on? Why are they getting hit now? Well, I'm sure there's some investors out there who hold these stocks and are saying, stop it. This is painful. It's almost like getting hit with a machine gun or something right. over and over. But the big thing right now is with the Internet of Things, you are looking at inherent growth companies because the growth around the Internet of Things is really huge. Wearables, the shipments of wearable devices is supposed to grow 78% per year, not 78% total, that equals over 400% um, across the next few years. And we look at the amount of connected devices, that's grown from some like 10 to 12 billion today, up to estimates of 50 billion kind of by the tail end of the decade. So when you have a stock market sell-off, and even though the NASDAQ, as of the last time I looked, was only off eight or 9% from its highs, when you have a very rapid sell-off, those growth companies go first. 
So often the ones that are selling at very high multiples will uh, sell off at two to three times the market. So it's painful, especially if you bought those companies at their peak values, but especially if you're looking for deals, it provides some opportunity. So someone could look at this and be like, oh, well, it was an Internet of Things bubble and maybe it's losing some air. But personally, you, it sounds like you think that now just tech in general is getting hit and these companies in particular are going to kind of feel the, feel the flack. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you can go back and people look at the Internet bubble and they think, oh, it just rose continuously and then popped once. Actually, no. Uh, you look at some years in between 1995 and 2000, and we had actually periods of great declines before the eventual pop. And, you know, you still look at the Internet. It was a massive trend. It just did get ahead of itself. But, you know, the winners from that generation had ups and downs. But the real companies who were really at the center of it saw returns that were in excess often of 100x. So in isolation, the short term, sometimes things that get really scary when you just take your time horizon out a bit turn into massive opportunities. Right. Well, it is still scary to think about trying to separate the pets.com from the Amazon. It is. It is. <laughs> and that's why the worst thing you could do is just buy one thing and see it as your future. You know, you want a basket of these companies. Yeah. Well, let's move on to some news from this week. Qualcomm announced that they are going to acquire Bluetooth specialist CSR, I believe they're mm -hmm. a British company, yep. for about $2.5 billion. So this company, their sales in the last 12 months are down 19%. Mm -hmm. um, what? This doesn't sound like a really great company. Why, why did they go after CSR? Yeah, if you just looked at the financials of this situation, you would say Qualcomm has lost it. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense on the surface in the financials. I actually compare this a lot to when they bought a company named Atheros. Mm -hmm. uh, people who are familiar with The Motley Fool might know Atheros. It was a hidden gems recommendation at the time it got bought. And they basically bought it for Wi-Fi because Smartphones were taking off at the time, and Qualcomm knew that Wi-Fi was a huge component of it. I'm sure you've looked at your own data usage. Most of it's actually not over LTE. It's over Wi-Fi, and that's true for most people. So Qualcomm saw that, and they bought because they want to integrate Wi-Fi into their chips that also did, you know, the brains behind your smartphone and the chips that connect to cell networks. Mm -hmm. So what they're making a bet on here isn't anything to do with uh, the growth of CSR because it's clearly not there. What they wanted to buy was their technology leadership in a standard called Bluetooth. And I always have to you know, do a little disclaimer with Bluetooth because everyone just thinks of the dorky yeah. headsets in your ears because it was a really bad technology. People notably called it dead over a decade ago. But what happens is standards you know, get older and they mature and enter their more refined years they change. And what happened was Bluetooth went from something that hogged your battery life to something that's one of the most efficient ways to connect two devices together. So basically, the explosion of everything in wearables and increasingly all these uh, new devices in your homes as well rely on Bluetooth as their standards technology. So what Qualcomm is really doing here is this is a massive bet on the Internet of Things increasing in the years ahead. So, and we also saw that Samsung is buying smart things. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't actually know a lot about this. Oh, and so I can't ask fine. an intelligent question. No, and it's, it's. If you're an investor out there, you've never seen smart things because they were a small private company based in Northern Virginia, and uh, Samsung essentially uh, came in and bought them out for about two hundred million dollars. And that's just really one buyout though in this space because we also saw Google notably take out Nest for. 
$3 billion, which was a mm. huge buyout, and they also mm -hmm. bought Dropcam um, for $500 million. So really what we're seeing is investments along the space. And you could even look like someone like Apple. Their major acquisition was Beats, which isn't really an Air and F things play. But they also had uh, put forward about $500 million uh, in pre-commitments to a Sapphire play for the sake of investing in their watch which you know, goes into the same kind of wearables theme. So the investing we're seeing by large companies that are kind of putting a lot of money behind this is really extraordinary. So I said we were gonna talk about how the next smartphone war because you say the smartphone war is dead. Yeah. Like, it's not, the, we're beyond that. Mm -hmm. What is the next war here when we're talking about, you know, Google, yeah. Apple, what's yeah. going on? I, and I know people have been almost conditioned that we're under this like 1984-esque, Apple on one side, Google on the other. So in some ways, it could sound a little naive to say the war is over because, I mean, we've got our iPhone 6s here that everyone's upgrading to, and there's still a lot of action in the space. But when I say it's kind of over, I mean, the battle lines are largely settled, and we've got some kind of skirmishes. But on the high end, which will be about 350 million unit a year market, Apple is largely dominant, and there can be market share shifts there, but they've largely cemented their place. Well, Android in the larger smartphone space, which is $2 billion, they're dominant. But, you know, a lot of those phones cost $100, and Apple's not going to compete there. So I think in terms of where both companies have really put their full focus, um, we've kind of settled the situation. And I think when people look at smartphones and go, Innovation's done. It's all just black rectangles at this point and bigger <laughs> screens. You know, it's kind of true, right? I watched the iPad event today from Apple, and I was kind of like, eh, then there, done that. But where I think the innovation moves to is that these basically become a platform for being able to, they become a remote control for your life. And, you know, that's all the health sensors that we could conceivably wear, and that's things in your home. So when we see these acquisitions, why is Samsung spending this money on smart things? Well, because it wants to control its future as much as possible. Why is Google spending almost $4 billion on the home? Well, because they believe that that's the next horizon. Why is Apple making watch the product they're betting their future on? Well, because again, they believe that these other kinds of devices, wearables, and in the future, I believe things in our home from them as well, will be the next battlefront that if you have a smartphone, you'll increasingly buy the associated accessories. So I think a lot of the time when you have that level of investment, the fact that is the next big thing becomes self-perpetuating because the companies that deemed it and put all the investment behind it kind of make it happen. So then it sounds like what we're going to be seeing, I, I, well, I like how you said that this is like basically a remote control for your life because I'd actually mm -hmm. never thought about that way. But yes, we, yeah. I control my Nest thermostat with this. I mm -hmm. control my Fitbit with this. I control all these things with this. And so it sounds like then, like you said, is we're just going to keep having these nicer little square rectangles, but the accoutrements and the devices, the accoutrements, the accoutrements great, word, great word, yeah, uh, around it are is where we're going to see some exciting innovations. Or yeah, exactly. And there's there's a lot to be settled there, and there are big questions about, um, you know, what exactly is the benefit of having a watch? Because the finite resource we're really competing for is our attention we only have so much time in the day and it needs to be something that's really beneficial but one thing i always like to point out is where innovation's moving is instead of necessarily things in our lives and small computers that we could potentially wear so the innovation being this typical 
faster and faster processors. It's actually the sensors and how it detects things in our lives getting better. So the increase between uh, the first Apple uh, iPad and the most recent one, they just put a slide up, was like 180x gain over in terms of graphical capabilities in mm -hmm. a mere five years. So the first Apple Watch is supposed to come with 10 sensors in it, is the talk. Now, if that's where all the innovation is coming from, imagine what it could be within five years itself. So, you know, one device that could measure so many of your kind of bodily signs. I mean, how much and how willing would people be to pay for something that could basically give you a complete readout of your health almost instantly? Right, right. So I want to get into um, kind of your stock to watch for this okay. earning season. But before we do, I do want to remind our listeners and viewers that here at The Motley Fool, our goal is to help the world invest better. You do it, I do it, we're trying anyway, in lots of different ways, including this podcast and the articles we publish on Fool.com. We also do it through Motley Fool Stock Advisor. It's mm -hmm. our flagship service led by David and Tom Gardner. In the past 12 years, recommendations on Stock Advisor, I was going to ask you to guess how well they've done against the market, but Over it's tripled. It's tripled the market's tripled. return. So, so not too shabby. We have a special offer for you, our listeners and viewers at home. Just text WTMI to 38470. Once again, that, that is WTMI. Text it to 38470, and we'll send you a special offer for Stock Advisor. Sounds good. Thanks. You sold? <laughs> I'm sold. sold. I sold you. All right. So earnings season is here, and it is really gaining steam. Mm -hmm. What is your stock that you're looking forward to the most? for announcing this quarter? Yeah, I think one company that you have to look at is NXP Semiconductors, and that would be a ticker of NXPI. And I think one of the really big things with uh, NXP is they recently saw uh, inclusion, basically, in Apple's watch. Um, well, we don't know what's inside, but you know we can, we can guess here. They were inside its iPhone, which is confirmed. But they have a leadership in technology named uh, NFC which is gradually becoming, or not gradually, very quickly becoming, I should say, the standard for mobile payments as one kind of huge portion near, of- Near-field communication. Near-field communication. So um, it's, a, it's a relatively low percent of their sales. It's in single digits. But I often look for technologies that are going to see explosive demand beyond what people are expecting. And right now, the estimates for NFC is still fairly modest. But I believe when Apple puts its attention behind a technology like this, often it brings about much faster change. Because the problem with getting something like Apple Pay working isn't Apple itself. It's that you have to work with millions of merchants. And I think, the, uh, like I said, when you have Apple really placing its emphasis behind it, we actually have some kind of uh, regulations. Basically, if you're accepting older credit card technology, um, starting the next October, instead of the issuing bank being responsible for fraud, it's now on the merchant. So they have a reason to upgrade, and they also have a new technology in Apple Pay to upgrade. And I think we're really going to see the adoption of NFC increasing. So I think even though it's a small part of M NXP Semiconductor, I think the growth rates are going to be much higher than people are currently expecting. It's going to provide a really nice tailwind. And also, you mentioned them being sold off recently. We have a lot of talk about a kind of semiconductor weakness, but I'll remind people, you know, 
often semiconductor cycles will, you know, we're talking two or three quarters, and an adoption of NFC is possibly a 10-year time frame. So it's potentially being able to get into a technology that has a very long runway based on some short-term weakness. So I think investors should really take a look at that one and uh, maybe do their research on whether it's worth a buy based on the recent sell-off. All right, so one for your watch list, NXP. Mm -hmm. Last, before we go, what's the coolest thing you've seen lately in the world of the Internet of Things? Yeah, I'm going to go to a weird place on this one. I'm going to go to Disney, which people might not expect, but here's kind of the pitch on this. They have a new project under NextGen is what they're calling it, and it's a $2 billion project. To put that in perspective, the last resort or the last theme park they built at Disney World, uh, Animal Kingdom, cost a billion. So this is twice the wow. size of their last major theme park at Disney World. And the goal of this is basically to rethink the entire technology infrastructure of their parks. And the centerpiece of it is called My Magic Plus with Magic Band and essentially allows you to have one central place to book your entire vacation and a wearable that's kind of the intelligent point for this. All right, so I know that's a mouthful, so let me give, a give few you practical, examples. practical examples here. When you walk into the park, um, you don't even have any kind of a ticket. You don't need to go and pay at some uh, booth with a line of an hour. You just go, buy your ticket in advance, and when you touch your magic band to the park turnstiles, it flashes green and you can go. Anywhere in the park that you can go, you can purchase things simply by touching your magic band. You know how every single ride has... Um, takes your picture when you're going down the water slide and when your kids are with princesses, they take pictures. Well, instead of having to buy them all, instead, every time your picture is taken, it associates with your magic band. And at the end of your trip, you can just look at them all stored in one central place. Staying at a hotel room in Disney, this is now your card key. And also it provides a level of personalization as well that because you have your magic band, um, if your little kid was walking up to a princess, they could conceivably just know their name. Which would blow their minds. Which would blow their minds. <laughs> or if you're riding a ride, you could actually now have it programmed so that it would seem that you had ridden the ride already and alter your experience. So it was like you were getting a different experience. And this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. And what I find so exciting about this is when I talked about Apple Pay, the problem with Apple Pay is not necessarily that we have that NFC technology we've had for a long time. It's that you have to get everyone else to buy in, all these low stores. The great thing about Disney, they control everything because they can get their turnstiles upgraded. They can get their you know restaurants upgraded. So they can really turn on a dime. So in a weird way, Disney World's become this little city built five years into the future and Disney's always embraced the future whether it's Tomorrowland or Epcot which kids hate and parents love but we're actually seeing in many ways what an Apple watch kind of device could be in the real world in a few years in display at a theme park so if anyone wants to go and take a look at it, I think Magic Band's very cool and I think it's the greatest kind of in a laboratory example we have of where some of these technologies we talked about today is going. Cool. Yeah, well, Eric, this has been a great chat. I've enjoyed myself. Thanks, Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. If you have any questions for Eric about the Internet of Things, you can shoot us an email at WTMI at fool.com. And again, for to take advantage of our special offer for Stock Advisor, text WTMI to 38470. 
For Eric Bleeker, I'm Allison Southwick. Thanks for watching.